Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for downloading and listening again this week. I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone who has subscribed to the podcast and listens regularly. It um, it sure is amazing. And please do um, share, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend who um, runs a similar business, tell another lighting industry friend, share with a sales agent, share with your purchasing manager, whomever might occasionally get a nugget of something useful out of this podcast. Uh, I sure do hope you're telling them about it. Um, and asking them. And as I ask you to, uh, rate, subscribe, feed, give me feedback, give me your thoughts on these episodes. It helps me come up with topics for new episodes. And I do also love sharing back out with you all um, comments that I receive because I know oftentimes while I try to put a lot of thought into these episodes, it is just one woman's perspective sometimes. Um, So I sure love hearing back from people with other perspectives and takes and thoughts on the industry um, because I think it helps, again, with my mission of communication <laughs> and helps us all see see better, do better, uh, be better at our jobs. Uh, and I think that's just really awesome for all of us. So last week I talked about the importance of lighting. Um, and presumably if you're listening to this podcast, you could probably host your own podcast about the importance of lighting and fans and lighting controls <laughs> um, and probably even do a better job than I did. So we all know the importance of lighting. Um, of course, if my point in that was more about um, the uh, taking advantage of the importance of lighting in the modern times and the things that we've all lived through these past couple of years and really focusing on marketing lighting to general consumers in a way that we have never done as an industry there's been stabs at it. There's been bits and bobs, but never a full cohesive marketing program from the lighting industry touting our importance to homeowners and uh, people who live life with electricity because <laughs> that's who lighting is important to if you have electricity. <laughs> and I know, I know that doesn't include everybody in the world for sure, but it's a lot of us. So lighting is important. So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of showrooms. And again, this is a podcast about lighting. So I guess you could just say lighting showrooms, but I also just wanted to give some thought to this concept of showrooms and why they continue to exist in our modern world um, and the importance of them uh, for retail shoppers. So if anything was going to have killed the showroom purchasing experience, I feel like the pandemic would have done it. Like, especially in states where it was really difficult to be out and about because of whatever rules and regulations or just by plain old being locked down and literally not able to go anywhere. I think if there was anything that was going to hasten the demise of the showroom as a place where people shop, 
the pandemic would have done it. <laughs> and there probably will be several or already have been um, closures and consolidations, um, you know, maybe a reduction in forces in the number of showrooms that exist in the world. But I think it is fairly safe to say that showrooms still remain a place that people seek out to go and shop and test drive things that they uh, potentially want to buy. And so honestly, I really feel like that's a great sign for all of us. Like if this cataclysmic event (laughs) didn't kill off the importance of showrooms, I think that actually states that we probably have a pretty bright future ahead of us. And that's a great thing. Let's all take that as a, uh, as a win, um, amongst all of the, you know, sometimes losses and setbacks we face. So I just wanted to give some thought about why people shop at showrooms in the first place. And this is all pretty self-evident stuff, right? Because, you know, the, the importance of a showroom, and let me be clear, I'm talking about showrooms, not really stores. So a lot of lighting showrooms are both. Um, it's a store where you can go and pick out a light and carry it home with you that same day. You went to the store, you bought something, you took it home. Just kind of like going to the grocery store. And the showroom, of course, is more of a place where you go and look at options and test drive and see things, but you will very likely, hopefully, order something, but you don't walk out with it that day. You make an agreement for a purchase to be delivered at a future date. So that's what I'm calling a showroom you know, in just in deviation from a store. So very, very similar, often overlap, but a showroom is like a showroom where you just go and take a look at things, see the options, talk to somebody about it. Um, but you don't necessarily walk out the door with something that day as you do when you go to the grocery store or a big box store. So, I think the obvious benefit to a showroom is where you can go and see a product and touch a product and potentially even test drive it without the commitment to buying it and taking it home, right? So you can go and see what that new LED bulb looks like. You can go and check out what a DC motor fan looks and feels like in terms of air output without actually having to go through the step of buying it and installing it in your home and checking it out that way. So it is, it's a place to test drive a product. So it's always, um, it's a little different. I think when we talk about lighting in that it's, um, sometimes a harder test, test drive with air quotes than, um, a couch would be or a chair (laughs) or a bed even, you know, if you have been mattress shopping and you (laughs) awkwardly go around and lay on a bunch of mattresses to try to figure out which one you would like when you get at home, (laughs) it's very difficult. (laughs) Um, but testing lighting is kind of a different experience. It's definitely not usually as tactile. It's more visual, Um, and since perhaps you come in looking for a, you know, three tier chandelier for a large foyer, um, but I don't actually happen to have a fixture in that size and scale and style that you like on display in my store, 
There's often a lot of visualization done when purchasing lighting that I don't think um, you often have to do when it comes to other goods, um, just because it's not, it's simply not possible to have all the sizes and scales available in a lighting showroom. Um, like conversely, if you think about like plumbing fixtures, um, for the most part, they're pretty small. <laughs> so you can have a lot more, well, okay, let's take tubs and uh, toilets out of the equation. But if you're talking about like faucets, like these kinds of things are easier to have a great many floor samples of than it is possible to have, you know, three tier 50 inch diameter, 60 inch diameter chandeliers. There's just not a lot of space in most showrooms for those things. So it is definitely more of a, um, a presentation experience when you go to a showroom that sells a product like lighting that while you want to go and see what the options are, see, you know, like test drive it, um, you won't be able to fully get the experience necessarily of the actual fixture to the actual fan that you are going to purchase. Cause it might be slightly different than what is displayed in the showroom. So this is where I think kind of obviously what becomes so important in a lighting showroom is the expertise of your staff. And this is why I secretly believe that none of us who are in the lighting business ever actually get out of it <laughs> because lighting and fans and electrical devices are actually fairly technical things to learn about. Lamps, I didn't even like, I didn't even mention lamping. That's a whole other thing, you know, <laughs> in architectural lighting. But these are all things that are fairly technical to learn about and re require honestly, to become really proficient at it, years of experience and exposure of dealing with lighting and different lighting scenarios and different challenges and different installations. Like it's years to even have a really solid core of information in this industry. So we are so, and it, it is so time consuming and it's such a big investment to bring people up to this knowledge level that makes you a really great lighting salesperson. That's why I think so many of us just kind of stay in this industry and bounce around between different jobs potentially, because you already have so much value to a business in, in lighting, when you have a real solid base in the technicalities of lighting and fans, <laughs> because it is a long, slow learning process because there are so many different scenarios, like a mattress is a mattress and you sleep on it at night. You're not selling mattresses for floating across the ocean. You're not selling mattresses for whatever you're selling mattresses that sit in somebody's bedroom where they go to sleep at night. And like, that's it. It's not a fixture for this room with a 20 foot ceiling and this room with an eight foot ceiling. And then I also have this other contingency and I'm not really sure about the wiring over there and I have the switch. What does it do? You know, like there's just so many different things going on in the realm of lighting, even inside just one home that it is a very technical and expertise driven sale and 
it's, it, it's just not something you can necessarily, you know, walk in off the street and do day one. It is definitely a learning process. So the value a showroom can bring is that really deep seated expertise that allows successful purchases by consumers for whatever their situation is. And that's just not something you learn overnight. And oftentimes I find in my showroom, uh, and I'm sure in others, you're almost selling more of a concept or a feeling of what this beautiful light fixture or amazing fan, you're almost selling more of like the concept of what living with that product is going to feel like than anything else. Like, okay, I might not have this exact fan on display uh, with this 10,000 CFM or whatever, but I promise you when you get this great marine grade wet 10,000 CFM fan installed on your back porch, you're going to just love life in the summer. And here's why. So you're really kind of selling this like feeling of great air movement and it'll blow the bugs away. And no matter the temperature, you'll be able to enjoy this outdoor space because you have this great, well-designed fan right above your head hung at the right height. So you're getting the maximum, you know, airflow. Like this is more of a feeling that you're selling that consumer so they can envision themselves on their back porch with this fan. And yes, that's the one I want because that's the feeling I'm searching for when I'm sitting outside in the evening with my cocktail. So it's a definitely a whole different style of selling then it is, well, test these six things out and tell me what you like or don't like. And, you know, we go from there. And, you know, of course, we do some of that in a lighting showroom, you know, walk around, see what you like, what you don't like. But um, it is definitely kind of a, a more visual and conceptual sale um, than some other things. And honestly, not all consumers are, are as receptive to that kind of sale. And because we're all different as human beings, honestly, like I personally am not a very visual person, you know, like in school where they had the like, uh, piece of paper folded up in the hole punch. And then, okay, when you open that back up, what does that piece of paper look like? Like, where do the hole punches fall? Like I was terrible at that. I'm not good at visualizing. I'm just not. <laughs> so sometimes it can really take a lot for somebody to sell me something just based on a visualization. Um, I have to really yeah, <laughs> I have to really kind of fall in love with the story that somebody's telling me if I'm going to purchase something in that manner. And that's a really skilled thing that we do inside showrooms. And it's just not as simple as you might think. There's a lot of knowledge that goes into selling those visualizations. Um, I also think a lot about what brings people into a showroom and I think it's all we're, I think we're all pretty aware that a lot of consumers, I'm going to even go out on a limb and say most consumers before they're going to make a purchase, do some manner of internet searching. So whether it's you're on Instagram and in your feed, you start getting some ads for lighting and then you just start clicking on some shop nows and maybe, uh, oh, I kind of like this. 
guess I kind of like that. And you know what? I really do think I want to update my lighting. Um, and then you go and do some research about who sells this lighting in your local area. And then you go visit it. Like maybe you weren't necessarily thinking about lighting, but you got head headed down that path and you did some online research or, you know, it can also be like um, my ceiling fan died and I want to go get a new one. And you go online to research options and styles and finishes that you like. There's definitely with a most shoppers, even ones that are going to end up purchasing within a brick and mortar showroom, there's still a lot of online searching done before they enter our four walls to potentially make a purchase. If we can convince them it is the right product for them. So I think a lot of what drives these shopping activities is that people are searching for content and experiences as a part of their shopping. And the content and experiences will definitely influence what they buy. So if we think about this, like in a big box store scenario, um, I mean, I think it's all pretty clear to all of us why Costco is giving out the free samples of the things <laughs> as we're walking around. If the point is to drive sales of that product. It's not because they just feel like losing some money on some free stuff they gave away. The point is to convert <laughs> that, that free uh, little perk into bigger sales of that product than they would have if you weren't able to see it and taste it and touch it in person. Uh, so right? Good, successful, good idea. And that's also kind of the thing that we're trying to do in showrooms. We're trying to give people this great experience that will lead to a sale. And I think oftentimes what we have been slow to take up in the brick and mortar showroom world, not just lighting in a lot of brick and mortar showrooms is this leading with content, leading with experience um, leading with engagement of the consumer before you start selling them on X, Y, and Z. We need to lean into this idea that experiences are a lot of what drives consumer behavior. And you can think about, you know, think about that with travel and, uh, you know, anything else in the world, uh, going to a restaurant, like that, that experience is what that consumer is after, and coming into a brick and mortar lighting showroom or any showroom, quite honestly, consumers are also looking for that engaging experience, that content, walking out of our four walls with more information and a better satisfaction of how they've spent their money or going to spend their money than they entered with. So that is definitely something that I think we tend to kind of neglect as brick and mortar showrooms. There's been a lot of headway on this, you know, in recent years, you know, with Instagram and influencers and realizing that people just don't want to be told to come by, buy, buy. They want to be given a reason to buy. They want to be given a reason to come see you. Like what makes shopping with you better than shopping down the street? The, these things that really connect a consumer to your brand and to your store are incredibly important. And I think there is a lot of recognition of that, but we should be kind of adopting 
more of that in all of our stores, not just kind of a take it or leave it attitude, but this really content rich, engaging experience. And that doesn't have to mean like silent salesmen, like (laughs) signs everywhere telling you about fans or whatever. It could be a great, well-written email newsletter that everyone receives, you know, in your contact list, like, you know, once a month or Honestly, I think the best tool we have is having great, knowledgeable, expert staff who can work with a wide variety of customers in a wide variety of situations and have a great depth of knowledge. Um, Again, this is why I say people never leave the industry because that depth of knowledge is just so critical to do what we do and do it well. So I'm going to close this episode with one thing that I do see as a, the biggest threat to our physical stores and something that I think we should all have our minds on and think about uh, how we could do and be better. So I think, and this isn't just a knee-jerk reaction to like e-commerce or anything, but I think the biggest threat to our physical stores is our lack of 24-7 availability and order access on a customer's demand. So I really think this is the Achilles heel of showrooms. And if there was a way to overcome this, it would make the decision to buy from a store, like a physical brick and mortar store, that much easier. So I don't just mean having a website with a product catalog. I mean the ability to have access 24-7 to your order and where it is in its process. So, and that I'm including in that orders that are placed in store as well as online. And quite honestly, I have been searching for an easy button on this, and I have come to the very sad conclusion that there isn't one, or if there is an easy button, it is cost prohibitive to most of us as small business owners. There is a real commitment to providing this level of access and service for your customers, and it is something that is a little outside the realm of what most of us as independent business owners can afford in terms of a monetary and a time investment. Um, There is a way to do online shopping with this kind of access and availability. Um, And that's something that if you use like websites that kind of have this functionality built in, um, you can sort of make that happen for your customers. But I think the key to this that would bridge the gap between brick and mortar and online would be for consumers who come into our store and shop in person and we do all the salesmanship and they place the order that at 10 o'clock that night when they want to double check what they purchased or um, it's a week later and they haven't heard from us in the showroom yet, that there is a way that they can go on their own demand and check the order whatever time of day it occurs to them to do so. Because right now, 
they're constrained to check on their orders when the showroom is open and during business hours. And, you know, yes, of course, ideally showrooms are being more proactive and sending better information to their customers. And I definitely think that's a stopgap, but also one that still requires a fair amount of time investment. So say you even have an email template sound set up that you can send out to your customers every couple days with their order information and status. Um, if you were doing that from the store that I run, somebody would still have to manually enter in all of those details. There's no automated process for that. So it is just, a, again, a big commitment to just trying to share this information. But I think if we could find a better way, um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. I think if we could find a better way to provide this level of access to orders for our customers, no matter how the order comes to us, whether it's through an e-commerce uh, website or through physically in our stores, I think it would be much easier decision for customers to put down their money to purchase where they had the great experience, the great content, the great assistance, the knowledgeable, uh, the technical information, everything they got, and they get the benefit, the perk that you get when you buy online in terms of keeping up with the order on your pace when it's convenient for you. I think if we can marry those two things, we really put showrooms, all showrooms, but especially lighting, fan, and electrical device ones in a great place and give us lots of longevity, not just today, but for the years and years to come. Thank you all so much for listening. I do always love your thoughts and feedback. So um, tell me what you think about this one or what your take is on the importance of showrooms. And everyone, take care. I will talk to you next time.